1: Good morning to you. Well, let's make this Monday count, shall we? After all, it's your last Monday as a European. Damn you all! Not today, thank you, with Jake Yams. Good morning to you. Uh, Good weekend? I mean, who cares? It's done, isn't it? Uh, What I like about making this podcast is I always sort of think when I go to bed, I I sort of think I have a vague idea of where the podcast is going to go. And then uh, I read something in the morning and it completely changes. And this morning uh, I read that President Donald Trump's personal pastor, and of course that's not a buffet thing, uh, I'm talking about the televangelist Paula White, uh, she's facing criticism of uh, what? After praying for the miscarriage of all satanic pregnancies during a sermon earlier this month. Uh, it was on January the 5th. Uh, White asked Jesus Christ to cause the pregnancies to miscarry so that they will quote not be able to carry forth any plan of destruction any plan of harm unquote according to a video uh which was released by uh, an activist group uh called right wing watch uh i mean being the spiritual advisor to donald trump that's that's quite the cognitively dissonant square to circle in your head isn't it how do you advise a soul that simply doesn't exist then again then again, I am reminded of... Pushes glasses from tip of nose back up to eyeballs, begins thumbing through yellowed pages with the texture of municipal toilet paper circa 1982 of... Ye- yes, here we are. Isaiah 1611. Wherefore my bowels shall sound like an harp for Moab and mine inward parts for Kiharash. Wow. Trump's in the Bible. Uh, also, Kings 1210. My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. Yep, that's definitely him. In any case, uh, stellar work from Right Wing Watch. The and welcome to a new series of Right Wing Watch, and this year, for the first time, we're based here in the north, in Rother Valley, to be exact. Now, normally on this show, we'd be sitting around a glowing brazier with steaming mugs of cocoa, and it will all be rather jolly, but times are different, and while it's good news for the Conservatives, for the previously indigenous species of the north, it's a very different story. Yes, as you can see, this is a few chicken and chips boxes on fire, and a shopping trolley next to some biffer bins, now a favourite roosting spot for just some of the individuals whose nests have been taken over by Tories. But let's walk past the OB truck, putting all the money on screen, and while you can't see it in the dark, there's a staggering array of Tories right in front of us, from the old-school land-owning toffs to the newer breeds, the disenfranchised Labour supporters. Now, of course, this wouldn't be right-wing watch if there wasn't a degree of snuff movie to it, but this is different. Um, do you remember having to explain to your kids while you watched the last series what the hell was going on when that rabbit ate her young. Well, this is a similar phenomenon. Uh, if you look at this footage from earlier on today, this is now this has never been captured on camera before, uh, although we we always suspected this was what happens. Uh, this is the working classes eating each other. Yes, now of course it's very sad, but the little schoolboy naturalist in me thinks it's brilliant and has quite the bonk on here. So what we think happens is this: uh, the people in power drive living standards down so much that, well, you'll you'll see. Now, Michaela, Martin, YOLO, and the one who thinks he's slightly dishier than he is and has his own range of kids' microscopes in Beals. What's your name? Simon? Simon, Anyway. Um, Here's a packet of biscuits with gaffer tape over the name, and let's say I'm the government and capitalism. So I'm going to take all but one of these biscuits, but one there, and then I'll give that to you, and you can decide who should have the one biscuit. Well, I missed lunch because I was voicing a VT. Yes, but I was standing in a big wet pond trying to fall in and create telly gold. I'm dishy. Well, I've been out and about looking for kestrels. Oh, Oh, shut up, Yolo! Shut up, Yolo! Oh, Michaela. She just took the biscuit. Give me the biscuit! I was going to give my bid to the kestrels because it's so boring, really. Aha! See, my my plan worked. You're all obsessing on who gets that biscuit. Well I enjoy the rest of the packet. That's what's happened up and down the length and breadth of Britain. Everyone's obsessed with immigrants and people on benefits. Well yeah, because they take all the biscuits. Total spending on benefits last year, anyone? Hundred billion. Very good. Ten richest people in the UK net worth? Hundred billion? Hundred and twenty. So there. Ten people in the UK own as much money as we spend on benefits. Now, while you carry on scratching each other's eyes out for a biscuit, here's some footage of some cute little baby chicks being massacred by a weasel. Oh, oh Guys, if the trailer's rocking, don't come knocking. What's up guys, Nav and Scooby here Just saying hi and saying how great it is To be getting our country back Yeah, because our mate Johnny says that all customs Could be a mess, it'd be really easy to get drunk. Sure to. Scooby, what he meant to say Was it'll be wicked to like Revive traditional customs like maypole dancing and St George's Day And that I'm swallowing 35 condoms in honey Scooby, what is even wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, uh, we're doing a special Brexit deal Of 4 for £25 Yeah, that's a skunk 4 England flags, that's what he meant to say. Yeah, and in the flag sticks there's like a load of we'll uh, uh, See you next time, Scooby, I swear down, bruv, I'm not going on... first images were revealed of the new Brexit 50p. Uh, The Chancellor uh, revealed them. Uh, It's got the inscription on the back, peace, prosperity and friendship with all nations and the date the UK leaves the EU. The most staggering example of doublespeak surely ever struck. Uh, Let us commit to peace, prosperity and friendship by antagonising our by far biggest trading partners and saying we don't like them. Very friendly stuff that. A nation of gaslighters. What is there to celebrate? Uh, I understand uh, why we did the 50p in 1973 when we joined the EEC, because that's what you celebrate. You celebrate marriages, unions, agreements, relationships, new ones. That's worth celebrating. It's kind of like the British government. Well, let's be clear. Sajid Javid. Sajid Javid. you <gasps> Has decided. Uh, I'm tired of my mat. I'm gonna go to Jamaica. I'm gonna have a load of sex, and I'm gonna. St- I'm gonna go mad. I'm gonna. But do you know what I've got? I got one of them divorce cakes! And all his mates going, yeah, no, good for you, yeah, good for you, no, you should, yeah, no. While his nice but boring husband sits forlornly at home, watching Shed and Buried on Discovery and wondering where it all went wrong. As part of the launch, the Royal Mint is opening its doors for 24 hours uh, to let people strike their own commemorative coins. I want in on that, definitely. Uh, So I asked on Twitter, it's at Pod, since you asked, thanks very much. Uh, What would you like to see put on the back of the new 50p Brexit coin? And you answered. Carenza suggests perfect for tossers. Uh, See what I did there? Yes, we see what, what? There's nothing wrong with that. We might as well have tossed a coin for the referendum. Mightn't we have of? Uh, Sarah, hello, Sarah Graham. Uh, it's at Sarah Graham underscore Art. She's a brilliant artist, and she's uh, simply uh, written "Shove it up your clacker." I don't quite understand what what that means. Rick's got a few suggestions. Revision three, <laughs> I like that. Uh, please remember the forty eight percent who Donald Tusk said were right. Uh, only joking. We don't want you. That's good. Uh, you just need to believe that this isn't now worth 40p. Yeah, guys, let's just believe it. Let's be let's be positive. Come on. Let's not be doomsters and gloomsters. Uh, just in a circle around the Queen's head, it should read, don't blame me for this cluster mess. And Chris Jones suggests, in case of emergency, break open to reveal one euro. <laughs> That's good. Joel simply observes I'm going cashless. Seriously, I'm going fully electronic from now on. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Harry, lol, just kidding. Have my fingers crossed. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. Jem's uh, got more of an addendum to the coin. So uh, the original coin says peace, prosperity and friendship with all nations. Jem simply adds, except the ones with foreigners in. That's <laughs> very good. Uh, Robert says it uh, can be used in British-owned supermarkets, only redemption value 5p. Uh, Lee says, uh, Lee Carter, please help us and notify Human Rights Organisation. Also contains arsenic, break in the case of an emergency. Empress of the Snark 2, Snark Harder says, do not chew or crush, swallow whole. Donald Throbwell says, milk chocolate, made in France. (laughs) David Warren quotes uh, what was written on the side of Alan Partridge's car, which I'm not going to repeat here. Alison Stewart wants Brexit Boris. That's fine. You have whatever you want. Julie says it should say, my other coins are euro. Yes! We could be a two-coin family. Imagine that. And Hedy says, do not swallow. See my email for the shocking reason. All right, I'm going to see your email. Here it is. Do not swallow. In 1977, I found a 50-pence piece on the floor of real swimming baths and I put it... Oh, no. I put it in my mouth for safekeeping perfect spot. Pop it in. Then they turned the wave machine on and I was violently rocked. The 50p stuck in my throat and I was dragged out of the water and after nearly choking to death was hospitalised for the rest of the holiday. Oh, wow. In the hospital, old terminally ill men told me unimaginative made-up ghost stories. Oh, God, that's awful. Later, my mother looked for the coin in, let's say, my loose change, but it was never found. Ironically, it was that one which had the Queen's hand joining with six other foreign leaders' hands to celebrate unity with Europe. Regards, Hedy. Um, P.S. I, re- I realise this is the third story I've told you involving my possible instant death. The others being, if you recall, the Katana sword incident and escape from Yugoslavia. There are more. I wish there weren't. Listen, as long as they end with you escaping, let's do it. Why not? A lot of them are regarding wardrobe malfunctions, something we were talking about last week, and Matt from the Midlands has uh, written very kindly. It's uh, "Not today at Swanburst.com if you'd like to email. Uh, it's important to distinguish between our mats. So this is Midlands Matt. Uh, he says, Sir, "I'm really enjoying your podcast. So nice to have it to start my day with. Well, I'm glad to hear it. That makes the 5:35 start." Almost worthwhile. No, anyway, he says the mention of a literal wardrobe malfunction. Yes, that was Gem, wasn't it? It Reminded me of my own story. I was around five or six and there was a large brown wooden wardrobe in my bedroom. My parents kept a small suitcase and other odds and ends on top of the wardrobe. Don't they all? I'm that person now. Uh, I can't remember what it was I was looking for, but whatever it was, I thought it might be in that suitcase. Oh. I opened the doors, but wasn't tall enough to reach, so I stood on the inside lip of the wardrobe's base, just inside the open doors. Suddenly, the wardrobe malfunctioned, by which I mean it fell towards me, dashing the items on the top of the wardrobe onto the floor. Oh, do you remember that kind of hot, buttery feeling in your abdomen when something like that happened when you were a kid that oh please make this unhappen luckily the wardrobe door stopped it from falling all the way over unluckily i was now trapped between the doors oh and trying to push the wardrobe upright again uh, and that made the doors close around me oh what I didn't read that very well, sorry. I started shouting for help and my parents arrived after what seemed like minutes, but was probably less. Uh, They were drawn by my shouts and the large clattering sound of the things falling off the top of the wardrobe. They extracted me from between the doors and stood the wardrobe upright again. Thankfully, I'm not sending this email from inside a wardrobe. (laughs) Yes, my punishment was to spend the rest of my life inside a wardrobe. Um... It's at Vegetectus uh, has sent a nice email. Hello there. Thanks for emailing. He says this one's a malfunction only because I didn't realise that being shot. What? What? Leads to abundant amounts of blood leaving the body and that clothes tend to soak up that blood. So here goes. Why do you all have these mad stories about utter carnage? How sheltered has my life been? I was brought up in the rural idyll of South Warwickshire. And when we got back from school, we'd dump our bags at home and disappear until dinner time. We'd perhaps play football, smoke some dried stalks, or play bullfighting with the easily angered Tup named Chop. (laughs) Okay, this is definitely a different world to what I grew up in. As was the way in those times, the 1980s, and in our village, young boys were armed by their parents with an arsenal of potentially lethal weapons such as high-velocity catapults, knives and air rifles. Oh man, I would have lasted about 51 seconds. It was a bit like what you'd call forest school now. <laughs> but in truth it was a lot nearer to Lord of the Flies. Anyway, there was no point having these weapons if you didn't have some sport with them. And so we would play SAS versus Marines in the barns, farmyards and fields. But I don't ever bag the SAS! I was Marines last week. Of course we weren't completely stupid and ditched the knives and catapults. <laughs> well that's smart. Choosing instead to use the high-powered air rifles with hunting pellets. Hunting pellets are either sharp-tipped or nylon-tipped that shred on impact. This sounds horrific. One early autumn evening, there we were, Pete, Nick, Matt and I, split into two teams of two. (laughs) Pete and I hung around the farmyard. That's so marine Whilst Nick and Matt headed off to start their campaign From behind the pig sheds by the pond Oh, maybe that's marine After an initial bit of sniping man From behind grass buns Pete and I lost track of our oppo And went all quiet Just the sound of the grass Brushing in the light breeze And the call of a distant crow It was eerily quiet we deci- I hope you enjoyed my live foley there. We decided to forage for our enemy and headed back to the farmyard, a collection of stone buildings on hay-scattered concrete. This is very evocative, Vegetectus, thank you. The previously calm situation escalated quickly. Our air rifles were loaded, but we were relaxed. Too relaxed. On sauntering around a corner of a barn, I was met with the sight of Nick walking towards me. Instant reaction kicked in and I raised my rifle and fired my one shot from the hip. He later told me that he'd heard the pellet swish past his left ear. Nick hadn't shot yet and I was done. I turned and ran. Reaching the end of the yard, I had my escape blocked by a rusty five-bar gate. I started vaulting the gate, keeping to the country code, of course. Always climb over gates on the hinged side. Yes, correct, the hinged side. Don't make him all saggy. Uh, just as I was swinging my legs over, I felt a thud in my back. Damn, game over, he's won. My thick maroon ski jacket had taken the shot and saved the day, but now it was time to go home. Five minutes later, and I was home, jacket off and slung onto the stairpost. That's when the first. Clue struck me. A small hole in the back of the jacket with polyester fibres sprouting like the hairs in the nose of an old wizard. (laughs) No problem, I thought. The jacket had done its job. Capillary action of cotton cloth is a funny thing, and my mum's screams when I strolled into the kitchen just showed how it can create quite a drama. My back was soaked in red, glistening blood from waist to shoulders. And, on peeling off the previously white school shirt, a telltale, neat, circular wound in my mid-back revealed all. Dear Lord! After my failed hip shot, Nick had actually had time to raise his rifle, steady himself and take aim, before releasing the sharp-tipped volley. It had landed perfectly square, ripping through the polyester outer, and although not piercing the inner lining, had had enough velocity to do the damage despite stiff warnings to each and every warrior. I know I gave you that gun, but don't do what you'd obviously do with it. That same evening, of course, we continued our war games, but made the gentlemanly pact to always take aim and fire to miss by the completely reasonable amount of a foot. (laughs) Oh, deep in a tin of cufflinks, watch, watch batteries and pennies, I still have the pellet. The impact hadn't deadened the tip. The shirt, however, went straight to the bin. Well, that was a shaggy dog, wasn't it? Probably not worth airing, but hey, whatever. No, it was great! What a story. Oh my god. I've got another one and It's really good, but I'm conscious that this is getting very long. I'm going to hold it over till tomorrow. Uh, Thank you very much indeed for all your contributions. Um, keep your wardrobe malfunctions coming or anything you'd like to see written on the back of a coin or just things you wouldn't mind happening to Sajid Javid Sajid Javid, Sajid Javid uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast if you're bored in the meantime you can try Date Fight that's the other podcast I do with Nat Tapley it's a lot of fun and uh, yeah see you tomorrow if you wouldn't mind sharing the oh, it's Monday so you just get through the day and we'll see you tomorrow, take care, bye This has been a Swanburst Media production.
2: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter.